Good morning. Happy Thanksgiving. We sacrificed a pig and a turkey uh, last night and had a great time. How many have already eaten your turkey feast or your Thanksgiving feast? How many are waiting to do it today? How many do it tomorrow? Oh, interesting. All right. The whole, you just eat all weekend long. All right. (laughs) Sounds like a plan. I love uh, our Christmas outreach every year, Operation Heart, and I'm excited what the team has come up with uh, this year. And uh, yeah, excited to hear about some of the over-the-top generosity that uh, we can generate because we're a generous church and we're known for our generosity. I think this is a great way to express at Christmas time uh, helping people out as we just heard. I want to give a shout out uh, to, um, turns out his wife's not with him today. She's not feeling well. But uh, there are brinks that you know not of, probably. Some of you would uh, not know that uh, John and Mary, and it's John's birthday today, by the way. And, uh, and so their eldest son, Jason, uh, his wife, Shannon, is not feeling well today. Um, and so you may not have had opportunity. Uh, some of you are aware of their lives being sowed in Malawi and other places in Africa where uh, they've really raised their family and given all of themselves to uh, bring the gospel in very practical ways to Africa. They're home on furlough uh, while Shannon is upgrading uh, her health degrees so that she can be even more of a blessing as they go back overseas. And, uh, and so the very first wedding that we did here in this building uh, was Shannon and Jay's. And, uh, and I went back, gave him an embrace this morning, and I said, it's got to be close because I knew it was a fall wedding. He goes, it's today. So happy anniversary and welcome home. Uh, enjoy your furlough. They're in London, Ontario. Shannon's uh, doing her studies at Western, Purple and Proud. Uh, I went to Western as well. This is a great, great school. You all doing good? I'm so glad that the room is full on our Sunday heading into two services. Uh, and uh, as you know, we didn't do this just to uh, because we needed space, but also just to create more spaces for people to find Jesus. We'll talk about that next week uh, as we uh, embark into two services, which is more work. Thank you, Dream Team. Thank you for those that have embraced this and are both arms, both legs, jumping into uh, our two-service endeavor. And we are believing, as Christina said, that many, many more uh, will get water baptized. We chose Water Baptism Sunday for the first Sunday just to earmark. This is why we do what we do to see people find Jesus. This morning, uh, I am continuing our series uh, of saying yes to the things of God. Say yes. (laughs) I'm going to do that a few times this morning. Uh, And uh, so we're looking at the scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Let me read it for you. As surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. So Paul is saying to the Corinthian church, this is not a maybe gospel. We don't serve a maybe God. Uh, Our first Sunday was say yes to healing. God heals today. We believe in physical healing. I shared with you the say yes to the favor of God. God's grace, His favor, and His mercy is available to us always. Uh, And uh, so we're saying yes to the things of God. It's not maybe God heals, maybe God favors me. It's yes. Say yes. Yes. Come on. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. 
He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I have preached to you. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ. With a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen. And I love how the New Living Translation, here's my focus this morning. Which means yes. When we say amen, we're saying yes. Ascends to the glory, ascends to God for his glory. Our yes, when we say yes to the things of God, ascends to God for his glory. This morning I want to talk to you about the yes of praise. The yes of praise. Father, I thank you so very much, Lord, that uh, this is a house that's known also for the sound we make in praise and worship. But Lord, as I just kind of highlight some of these truths this morning, that some will be reminded and we'll continue to say yes, that our yes, our voices, our worship would ascend to you to bring glory to you in this region. But Lord, maybe someone today who's new has been wondering what all the commotion is about, that today they'll make a decision to add their voice to the voices of this house. Lord, that we love to worship you. Lord, let it be so now in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Psalm 33. <laughs> That's good. Somebody yelled out, yes. Psalm 33, verse 1, you get your star. I'll, I'll, I'll put, that, put that on Reg's chart. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. And praise is beautiful not just to look at, not just to listen to, but it's a beautiful interaction uh, between uh, God and his people. We are, throughout the scriptures, the analogy of, of Jesus uh, and his bride. And, it caused, and it's kind of hard for us guys to kind of understand that. But the church is, is, is uh, pictured throughout the scriptures as Jesus' bride at the end of the age, a grand wedding ceremony uh, and, and uh, where we'll be united with him uh, in our new bodies, our, our, our spiritual bodies forever and ever. Live here on the earth, uh, Christ and his bride. And so even the uh, male-female husband and wife, that Paul points to that and says that's the closest thing on earth to uh, explain to us that the intimacy that we can share is we have a relationship, uh, we have a relationship with Jesus. And, and so it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing that we can interact, that we were separated because of our sin, and yet because of what Jesus did, that we can have this beautiful interaction uh, with God. And here at Harvest, we say we want you to know God and not know about Him, but know Him experientially. And one of the ways you can experience God is through this beautiful gift of praising Him, both at home and here in the house of God. Dick Iverson, who now has gone to be with Jesus, fathered the network of churches that we belong to, Ministers Fellowship International, which is based out of Portland, Oregon. And now uh, we've grown and have a Canadian affiliate, and we had uh, our Canadian leaders here just a couple of weeks ago. What a privilege that was. And, but Brother Dick was uh, an incredible apostolic leader, made a huge mark in the kingdom of God, a part of hundreds of churches being planted, and Harvest is one of those. He was directly involved with this plant. And we had the privilege of having him actually here for a Father's Day service a number of years ago, which was just for me amazing that the father of our movement would be here celebrating Father's Day with us. Oftentimes during a conference, he would, uh, at a time when he was scheduled to address the conference attendees, he would say, this is going to be a dad talk. 
And he would share from his heart, from a fatherly perspective of things that he was concerned about uh, that we should be as leaders watching for and just making sure we're being diligent as we shepherded the flock of Christ in our churches. He told a story in one of these dad talks about how he was in his study and it was during the middle of the week and he could uh, hear worship beginning in the auditorium. And he was confused because it was in the middle of the week and he couldn't, nobody had told him that there was a service on that particular day. And he could hear just worship was starting to rise and and, uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, just, you know, the the sound of, of people's voices and everything was going on. And he checked his calendar over and over and he finally got up from his desk and went into the auditorium and not a single person was in the auditorium. And he stood and he was just puzzled and he's looking around. And one of the audio technicians that was there testing the system came and said, Pastor, you look confused. Is everything all right? He goes, I thought there was a service. I I heard the sound of worship in the auditorium. He said, well, it's actually Sundays. We tape our our services on Sunday, and we're just playing it back to kind of equalize and tune the system. And he went back to his study, and he, he began to share with us as pastors. He said, what I realized, that we have the capacity with our technology to create the sound of worship, but make sure you're not creating the sound of worship without there being worship in the house of God. I'll never forget that fatherly talk. And it is easy to create a sound and not have that intimacy. The be- when, when Paul said, it is beautiful. Praise is beautiful as God's people interact. I remember being asked to do a youth retreat a number of years ago. And um, I had asked the, the youth leader, what did you want me to share on? He goes, is there any way I could serve your youth group? He said, I, I understand that you're sharing a lot um, about praise and worship and just connecting with God in that, in that time where we pour out our hearts. Jesus said that we're to love God with our whole hearts, mind, soul, and strength, and, and that there's fruit of that in your ministry. Would you come and share that with, with our youth group? And I said, I would love to do that. And so we went, and he was actually a musician, and so he would sit at his keyboard, and I would, I would share, and then we would, we would lead the kids in times of, of, of just interacting with God. And at first it was a little difficult. It was new for that particular group uh, to really understand that this was a time you could connect with God. And I remember the final meeting, and it's etched into my memory, as he stopped playing, but the kids began to worship God with their voices And you could see them with their eyes closed and their mouths moving as they were just locked in. It was as if they were not there. They were somewhere else. And it reminded me of the verse in Revelation when uh, John the Apostle, he says he was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, which simply means that when it was time to gather, he he was aware of there's a spiritual reality as we connect with God. And in this moment, the Apostle John describes in Revelation, I believe it's chapter 5, he heard a voice in heaven say, come up here. And when he made the decision to do that, he was, he was immediately around the throne of God, worshiping with the angels. Now, we don't, we don't do that, physically translate like he did, as God allowed him to experience that. But there is a sense that because of Jesus, the heavens are open, and we can be with God in moments at home and here corporately, which is what I want to talk about on this great Thanksgiving morning. 
as we talk about saying yes to the things of God, saying yes to spiritual realities, as we say yes to praise. And our praise ascends to God for His glory. So we're going to see some of these principles this morning. But as I saw those teenagers with their eyes shut and locked in, not for a minute, not for five, but for several, 10, 15 minutes, they were what we used to say back old school, lost in the presence of God. And that's our heart here at Harvest, that we would create environments where you can know God, experience Him. Psalm chapter 7 says, I will. It's a choice. I will. Not when I feel like it, but I will come to the house of God. I will praise the Lord according to His righteousness. Or really what He's saying is according to what God is worth. As we talk about worship, it's ascribing God's worth to him. How worthy or how much value does your relationship with God have with you? And the scriptures actually say that it should be reflected to the glory of God. When we glorify God, in other words, we begin to say out loud how much this relationship means to me. And Paul says, I will praise and I've shared with you before, if you've heard me talk about this topic, that we get ripped off in English when it comes to this whole aspect of what it means to praise God. Because we have one English word, praise. <laughs> and there are like seven or eight Hebrew words that got translated, and they were just translated into this kind of generic word, praise. The New Living Translation tries a little harder. It says, I will thank the Lord because he is just. But this word praise specifically is where we get our understanding of raising our hands uh, to the Lord in worship. So Paul's saying, I will raise my hands. It's an act of surrender. It's an act of acknowledgement. It's an, an act of saying, God, you are God and I am not. And, and as we lift our hands, and Paul says, I will lift my hands to demonstrate my praise to the Lord. I could pick on a lot of ways that the psalmist David told us to demonstrate, lift our voice to demonstrate that we love God. But I bring this one up this morning because uh, this beautiful act, as Paul's talking about, is um, on a Sunday, you, you might once in a while, uh, if you, I sit at the front, you might see me, I actually do it every Sunday, turn around and kind of glance over and see what's going on in a service. And I will typically do that at a moment where in my mind I'm thinking, this is a good, raise my hands, acknowledge God. This is kind of a moment. And what I'm doing is to see how people are engaging. Way back in the day, our pastor's seats or the leaders at church and even here at Harvest, our chairs were up here. And the, the purpose of that is so we could watch you. And, and the New Testament says that we are to be aware of how the flock's doing. And one of the ways to do that, at least at home, when we had five boys, uh, we still do. Uh, we have five boys, but they weren't all at home. We only have uh, Aaron at home right now. Seth's home for Thanksgiving from uh, Carlton, and uh, we're loving that. And, and, uh, but when the boys were younger and they would be around the table, you could tell how they were doing with each other and just with life by the way they engage at the supper table. And for us, we guarded uh, supper time, and if you had sports or whatever, you were expected to be home for supper. And, and just a lot happens. And this is kind of the gathering uh, here at Harvest. And so when we used to watch, from, but now I, I kind of turn around. And so on a Sunday where the sound of worship is happening, 
but I might turn around and see just a very few hands raised. And I'm thinking, this is a good hand. And I, I, might, I might say, Lord, what's, what's happening? You know, what, what are the people experiencing right now? Lord, that they would break through today. Lord, that they would know you and experience you today. We want to create those, those, uh, those atmospheres. So let me just talk to that for a moment this morning. And, and then we're gonna, the team's going to come back. And um, I asked Karen, I said, uh, do, do you think you could come up with a foot stomping, hand clapping, prophesying, dream dreaming, um, uh, jig, jig dancing, uh, kind of best song we got uh, just to, just to kind of practice what we're talking about. And she said, Pastor, I'll see what I can do. So we're going to see what they come up with here in a moment. There's a scripture in Exodus, and I just, I've shared from here before, and it's one of my favorite kind of go-to on this topic. And, and so this follows, I read this, Moses took his, took his tent and he pitched it outside the camp. Far from the camp, he called it the tabernacle of meeting. In other words, this was the Mosaic temple. This was the place where, kind of the church in the wilderness. And, and he put it out so the, there was the encampment of Israel while they were wandering in the wilderness. And so he set up a special spot. This is where we're going to gather. This is going to be the house of God while we're wandering in the wilderness. Far from the camp, he called it the tabernacle of meeting. It came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord. We talk, we use that phrase, seeking God. How do you seek God? Prayer and worship, coming to listen to the word. And they didn't do it exactly like that. There was animal sacrifices and it was the Mosaic temple for sure. That's what we're reading about. But as you just make some connections this morning and just in your mind do that, as we talk about this place that the people went to worship God, it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out of the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So that's the place we're going to go and have church in the wilderness. So it was whenever Moses went to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door, the door of their tent. They lived in tents. And the door of the tent. And watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass that when Moses entered the tabernacle, that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked to Moses. And all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door. And the people rose and worshipped, each man in his tent door. Not at the tabernacle, at the door of their tent. And so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man would speak to his friend. He would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, a young man, did not depart. He did not leave the house of God. It was time for worship. And the people were one foot in and one foot out. They did not follow Moses and some believe that this was Moses' personal time and kind of uh, to go and be with the Lord. And, and yet I want to use this this morning as kind of a warning and kind of this idea of the sound of worship without engaging in worship. And that a participation and engagement with worship, a praising God, allowing our yes to ascend to God, there's something so powerful that takes place. I want to encourage you today that you would not be one foot in and one foot out. But this morning that you would be a person whose yes arises to God and you would be a participant in it when it comes to the things of worship in the house of God and you would be all in. And God's looking for people who would be all in. And when you're all in when it comes to the things of worship, not somebody who's watching Moses, watching pastor, 
or watching other people or watching the person beside you, but you have the ability and capacity to shut yourself in and begin to close your eyes and maybe the song is awesome, but you get to the end of the song and you have no issues at all being the person who's all in going, God, we worship you today. You are worthy, oh God. And the sound of praise begins to erupt in the house and there is a sound that is ascending to God and amazing things begin to take place. They were one foot in and one foot out. They did not experience what Moses experienced. And if you're, you say, Pastor, you mean if I don't participate in worship, I won't experience the things of God? You won't experience them to the degree that you could. But what you're really experiencing is an atmosphere that's being created by others. And you are kind of one foot in, one foot out, and you're watching others. It says they saw, they witnessed. They could kind of understand, oh, there's the cloud. I'll talk about that in a minute. There's Holy Spirit activity. But they themselves were not experiencing God's presence, God's power, God's speaking, and the youth of the house that didn't want to leave. And the youth of the house who didn't want to leave church. Come on, let's jump into this. It'll only take me a moment or two, and then we're going to lift our voices. So why participate in praise? Why allow the yes of being the, someone who participates uh, loudly and exuberantly in the things of God and when it comes to lifting our voice and uh, our hands and, 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 and dancing before the Lord. Why do we do that at Harvest? Number one, because praise is the doorway to God's presence. It's a doorway. It's a portal. It's an entry point that there really aren't other entry points. This is the one that is described in Scripture. Come before His presence. Say presence. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. In other words, this little thing here is, so I am uncomfortable when it comes to demonstrative public show of affection between me and God. And David said, uh, know that he is God and you're not. And God likes this. And God said, would you do this please for me? And enter into a dynamic that's amazing. Come out of your tent. Come out a little further away your, from your safety and from your, the, the things that you trust. And just come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on a little bit out of your, come on, get your foot out of your tent. And come on down to the place where you're all in. He is God. He who made us. Not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. It goes on in the uh, Psalmist David says in Psalm 22 that God is literally enthroned in the praises of his people. There's a dynamic that we have loved in these 20 years as we set out 20 years ago to uh, start, my wife and I and our family, uh, the, uh, Harvest Christian Fellowship. And this message was very important to us. And, and, and as we come together, that we understood that the Scriptures are clear that 
if you want people to receive Jesus, we want to see salvations. We want to see deliverance where people are free from demonic strongholds, addictions that have held on for years and years, and people to be healed uh, of, of sicknesses in their bodies. And just to begin to see the supernatural, miraculous power of God as it was in Acts, as it was on the day of Pentecost, as it's supposed to be today in God's house. In fact, that the Bible says that God's house today is to be more glorious and more powerful than it was in the day of Acts. That we are to be growing in our experience and our understanding. And the world is to see not a shrinking, dying church, but a living, vibrant, Holy Spirit-filled, powerful church. That God's, that God's power, uh, it would be in God's house. Where the Spirit of the Lord is would be freedom, transformational power peace and not fear. Why do you think every time an angel showed up in the Bible and said to people, fear not, be courageous? Because wherever God's presence is, he's enthroned. And how do we, how, how, how do we experience the throne room or the place where the King of kings and Lord of lords sets up his authority in human experience in the place where God's people are praising him? Where the sound of praise is happening, his throne becomes, it's almost like the veil between here and there starts to peel back. And God says, let me show you my throne. Let me show you my power. Let me show you my authority as God sits peacefully. And we see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. If we can actually begin to not just picture it as a fantasy, but experience Last week, the favor of God, that God is for us, not against us. We begin to come into a realm of faith. Why? Because we're people of praise. It all begins with being people of praise. I say yes to praise because it's beautiful. Number two, praise brings the power of God. As Moses was experiencing God's presence that day, and people had one foot in, one foot out watching, we read the scripture that they saw the pillar of fire descend on Moses. They didn't experience the pillar of fire. Moses did. Without taking a lot of time this morning, I could connect some scriptures for you that would show us that in the Old Testament, they had a pillar uh, of fire that represented, we see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, uh, all uh, in the Old Testament uh, uh, analogies and, and, and pictures to help us in the New Testament know how to enter in and experience God in His fullness. And that is a picture of the Holy Spirit descending on God's people. And the Holy Spirit is our vo God's voice and God's direction and God's protection. Jesus went to the right hand of the Father, but he sent the comforter of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we talk a lot about Holy Spirit, because Holy Spirit is the one who's here with us today, talking about Jesus, talking about Father's love, the Holy Spirit's power. And so as Moses entered in, all in, and that cloud descended, the Holy Spirit was visible you could actually see Holy Spirit's presence. You could actually, they, they were aware Holy Spirit is doing something on Moses' life right now. I don't know about you, but I'd like to see some pillar of cloud and pillar of fire, Holy Spirit manifestations that would demonstrate that God is working in our midst. Now, we do enjoy that, but I, I'd like an upgrade. I don't know about you. Anybody else want an upgrade? I think we could have an upgrade. I think it, just an upgrade. How do we get an upgrade? 
by saying yes to being a people of praise. That's where it begins. And so the pillar of cloud and fire, the first time they saw that was a very significant time. And let me just point it out to you. Because I encourage you today, we're talking about praise brings God's power. The first time they experienced it, they're fleeing from Egypt. Pharaoh and his chariots and his army are hot on their trail. These are people who have been living in slavery for generations after generation after generation. They finally decide to make a run for it with Moses being their leader. Moses is bringing them to the edge of the Red Sea, which hasn't parted yet. And Pharaoh and his army, they can hear the sound of the horses. They can smell the size of that army. They are terrified that they are going to be uh, uh, just shut down, shut, shot down literally with, with bows and spears and annihilated because they dared to defy and leave the land of bondage. This is the story. Here, we are, here they are in, in being terrified. The pillar of cloud went from before them, it was leading them, and it came behind them. And so it came between the camp and the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was the cloud, uh, it, it was a cloud and darkness to one, and it gave light and uh, it gave light by night to the other, so that one did not come near the other all that night. In the darkest moment of their life, God demonstrated his power and said, here's what you can expect from my power coming onto your life. And I don't know about you, but I've gone through some dark night hours. Christine and I have held hands in the middle of the night at times when we could hear the enemy. We could smell the enemy. We didn't know what was going to happen. We could hear the threats of the enemy. We could hear uh, and feel the enemy pressing in. And we didn't know what to do in those moments. But we would hold hands and begin to pray. And then begin to cry out to the Lord and begin to lift his voice. And sometimes it wasn't really exciting. It was just Oh, God, oh, God, I need you. Oh, God, oh, God, I need you now. Lord, I need you now. And then some Sundays you're crying out, aren't you? And we're lifting our voice because we're just in the dark hour. We're just in that moment not knowing, am I going to get consumed? Am I going to get annihilated? Are my finances going to get wiped out? Is my marriage over? Is it done with my kids? Oh, God, if there ever was a moment that I needed your power, it's right now. And it's in those moments as we lift our voices and say yes to praise. What they saw happen to Moses is that cloud came down and separated them from the enemy. And the Bible says, in the presence of my enemies... He has spread out a table. And we can sit down in peace and begin to eat of the goodness of the Lord. Even though the enemies are all around. Psalm 23, the good shepherd's psalm. He prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. How could David sit down? How do you eat a meal when there's distractions of the enemy? Why? Because we've learned to be a pray person who praises. And the presence of God comes down and goes, I can see you. And I can hear you, but you can't touch me because no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I can smell you. I can hear you, but you can't come near my family. I know it looks like that you've got my family in your jaws, but right now spit it out in the name of Jesus because the Holy Spirit is a part of my life and God is for me. And I know right now you can't come near me because you said yes. Yes. 
to praise. And you experience that. And I want every person who calls Harvest their home church to experience. And sometimes at home, just to begin to put a song on and begin to lift your voices as husbands and wives and say, we choose to allow our yes to ascend to God right now. We're going to praise his name. We're not going to be one foot in and one foot out. Do the hokey pokey and turn yourself about and go home again. No, we're, going to, we're, not, we're not going to participate in the sound of worship. We're going to participate in worship and be all in for the power of God in our lives. Come on, somebody. Number three, praise brings God's voice. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. I know that most of the times I read this out of the version that says, I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord. We love this scripture at Harvest. We want everybody as they know God to know that, that we are convinced that God is for us and loves us. No matter what, no matter where we are in our lives, he loves you today. There's nothing that you can do that caused God to love you more. He loves you with an everlasting love. He proved it by giving his son Jesus. For I know, this is God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah, the thoughts, the thoughts. Did you know God thinks about you? And that might be new for someone today that you just feel so alone when it comes to life and so alone when it comes to just wondering, does anybody even, does anybody even give a damn? Is there anybody that cares? Is there anybody that really even notices that I exist? And today, I want you to know that God knows. And when you choose to be all in and come into the place where you begin to acknowledge God, and relationally as you lift your voice and you say, can just lifting my hands change something? Yes, as you lift your heart, as you lift your hands. Can lifting my voice and shouting out to the Lord actually change anything? Yeah, it changed it at Jericho. As Jehoshaphat, a king over Israel, was, 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 hitting, was against the biggest army of his life, he said, I know what to do. Let's put the worship team out front. And the Bible said the sound of praise confused the enemy. Why? Because literally, as we read it right out, right out of the, the shoot this morning, when you choose to say yes to worship and praise, the way David taught us to do it, your, the sound of praise coming out of your mouth begins to ascend to God, and it changes the atmosphere. And in that atmosphere, you begin to realize that God loves you and He's for you. And God can begin to speak to you the same way He spoke to Moses. We read that God spoke to Moses the way a man speaks to his friend. Maybe you don't have great friends, but what it's talking about is the friends that will be listening. They're drinking the coffee with you. And listening to you pour out pain from your heart. And God wants, wants to demonstrate that he does the very same thing. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. They're not thoughts you can do better. Thoughts, suck it up. Pull up your socks. Come on, you've been serving God for a while? Why are you feeling this way? I've heard those thoughts in my mind before. I've come before the Lord and began to, begin to cry. Because life's hard. And I've wondered, is anybody really even care. I've had those thoughts, just like you've had those thoughts. And I've even begun to cry, and I've heard a voice in my head go, suck it up. Why are you crying? Why, why are you crying? And the enemy would lie to me and say, that's God speaking to you. You need to suck it up. And I go, wait a minute. That's not God's voice. 
That's not God's way. Because God thinks good thoughts toward me. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give me a future and a hope. When then I begin to say yes, oh God, thank you. And the tears begin to pour even more. The floodgate begins to open. And I begin to hear God speak to me. Some of us just need to hear God speak and say, you're doing good. Some of you need to hear God give you some direction in your life. Some of you are stuck this morning. You're just stuck in life and stuck in things and stuck just by what's heaped on top of you. And God's got his hand out today going, come on. Come on, I want to talk to you. Come on, let's have a chat this morning. And that takes place as we come into the presence of God at home. And we believe corporately. Corporately, as God releases his voice into every heart here at Harvest, God spoke to Moses face to face as a friend. Number four and the last one, and then we're going to practice this. Praise anchors the next generation. Well, the statistics say that churches are declining all over our country. Can it be said, and it should be said, that there are houses of praise. There are house, God's house all over Canada where the sound of praise is being heard, where the youth, the young men don't want to leave because the presence of God has anchored them, that they've experienced something for themselves, that environments have been created where young people can know what it is to stand in the presence of God and have their own experience and close their own eyes and move their own mouth and, and, and have an experience with God that anchors them. Because that's what anchored me. That's what caused me throughout my youth years when the pleasures of this world offered themselves. And man, I'll tell you, you know, people, people will say, oh, that's not fun out in the world. Well, they were lying. It's a whole lot of fun. If it weren't, if it weren't fun, people wouldn't do it. But the scars, there's a huge trade-off to become hedonistic, to begin serving pleasure instead of serving God. What's the next high and what's the next pleasure? What's the next thing I could experience? But I've had such a real experience with the creator of the universe, nothing else seemed to even be tempting. We would create at Harvest Christian Fellowship a house where young people like Joshua of old, who ended up by becoming Moses' successor. But the house isn't one generation old, not two generations old. It's three generations old, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The three generations would lift their voices together. Let me give you this last verse. This will be written for the generation to come that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. Would you stand to your feet this morning? I prophesy this with my eyes open today. 20 years ago, Christine and I set out, and there was one, we said, we said, um, if we only accomplish one thing, we've been able to see God do many, many things, but we said in our hearts, and the reason that this 61-year-old gal is still on the worship team, there are days that she has said to me, I think my days in worship are over. You know, we just got to let the next, let the Joshua's. And I go, yeah, we're not doing that until, until God says, first of all, that it, it's time. But number two, that, and, and specifically Christina's heart for worship, 
that she just, I said, honey, you just, you, first of all, you look so pretty. You just need to be here. You look good. But <laughs> but our hearts and Christina's heart for worship, when there was only a handful of people and we worshiped like there was a thousand in the room. Because here was the thing we, we had said. If we're known for one thing and one thing only, we'll have accomplished. We want to be known as a house, a house of worship, a house that has the sound of praise in it. And that, that would be true. That would be, many people would say, oh, if you bring up harvest, hopefully they'll say many, many things. But I know the one thing they're going to say. Wow, that, that's the place that comes unhinged on Sunday morning. That's a loud, that's a loud church. That's a dancing church. That's a... And I want you to understand that 20 years ago, there were many, uh, I say this way, few, so many fewer churches. You were actually known if you were a, quote, worshiping church, a presence church. And thankfully, great churches like Hillsong and that, and that, that just became into the public eye and popularized the idea of allowing the yes to ascend. And, and, and we're thankful for that. And uh, we're thankful for so many, many other churches as well. And today, you can go into churches that would be cessationists. In other words, they don't believe that the Holy Spirit's for today, but they're worshiping like crazy. And so I just smile and go, yeah, it's just a matter of time before the cloud comes down and you, got, you guys are going to have to change your theology because you, you, can, you can say all you want. Holy Spirit's not active the way he was in Acts anymore. And people start getting delivered, set free, healed, and you're going to have to go, oh, I guess we do believe in this. Ha, ha, ha. Holy Spirit gets last, the last laugh. And I don't say that facetiously. I just, it, with encouragement, it's happening all over the world. But 20 years ago, it wasn't the case. But today, because you were, many of you that have been here, and today I'm asking you, will you as a house continue to say, yes. That there's the sound of praise will always ascend out of this house. Are you ready? You're going to get to demonstrate it right now. I'm going to dismiss you in a, in a couple of minutes. We're going to take some time to do this. I would invite you to come down front to, to just get rid of some distractions if that's uh, cool for you. It's so much fun. Uh, however, you what you need today to be all in. And you might have been a person who raised your hand here, and today you're all in would be here. That's cool. That's awesome. Kevin, I didn't know, Kendra, I didn't know you guys were here. I just seen you, just part of that tribe and part of that great, uh, the House of Brink. And uh, Kevin recently, uh, that's public, right, what I'm going to say? But, yeah, uh, uh, Kevin and Kendra have recently accepted the position of associate pastors at Kendra's home church. So that's just amazing. They're overseeing worship there. and. That's a, that's a worshiping church, and the sound of praise is just going to be awesome there because it's in great, capable hands. And so if you'd like to come forward, do that. We're going to take a few moments. And, and just So if your all-in was here, why don't you put it there? If your all-in was kind of, you were kind of like that, maybe, maybe it's just a little bit more air time, whatever. Just take, make a decision to step into an all-in posture. Let your yes rise this morning.
No, that's not, it's not enough. <laughs> Let's do it again. Come on, do it again.
your name, oh God. <laughs> wow. And in this atmosphere of faith, I just want to ask every head bowed and every eye closed today. If you're here today and we talk about the grave and coming out of the grave, Jesus, he died, but on the third day he rose again, proving who he was, proving that your sins and mine were buried with him. You don't have to live in a grave today. You don't have to live separated from God. You can know God today. If you've never made the decision to invite Jesus into your life, to forgive you of your sin, today he's here. He would love to give you the gift of eternal life. I just want to ask, I'm going to count down from three. I'll go three, two, one. And at one, if that's you today saying, in the privacy of this moment, I, I, want, I want Jesus in my life. I want to pray with you today. If you're online, we can pray with you. You can simply text in right now, and our online host will pray a prayer with you today to receive Jesus. It would be my greatest honor and privilege to pray with you today as we have prayed with hundreds before you in this moment of making the decision of living a life with Jesus. If that's you today in three, this is your day, two, one. Raise your hand just so I can see it. I'll acknowledge you. Is there anyone in the room today? Thank you. I see you. Thank you. Anyone else today? Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else today? I'll just take a moment. Harvest, let's pray. I want to encourage as you raise your hand today, pray this prayer from your heart. Let's all pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. Come into my life. Forgive my sin. I begin my new life my free life, my healed life with you today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We believe if you prayed that prayer or one like it from your heart today, you're born again. Oh, man. If you prayed that prayer today and it's your first time, see someone in a green shirt. We'd love to give you a Bible and just more information of what it means to live a life uh, with, with the joy of the Lord that would be yours. Have an amazing rest of your Thanksgiving uh, service. Christine, if you could just bless us today as we go. Father, we just thank you for this service today, God, this Thanksgiving day. Father, I just pray a blessing over every single body in this auditorium this morning. Jesus, just protect them as they go today. Bring them back next week for the first service or second service. But, God, we're believing for miracles in yes. the days to happen in your yes, name. We Lord. pray. Amen. Don't forget, two services next week, 9, 15, and 11. God bless you. See you next week. Our prayer team is at the front. If you need prayer today for anything... They want to partner with you in faith today to so come forward today just to receive uh, a prayer today if that's what you'd like.